Yes. Welcome. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Honorable Evolution. I am speaking with folks who need to be celebrated, my heroes, and folks who have really prioritized health. And that might look like artistic health. That might look like creative health. That might look like physical health. And uh, today I am just so blessed and honored to be sitting down with Sir Cahil El-Zabar, who hey. I will um, talk a little bit about. Welcome, Cahil. Let me, let, me, let me introduce you first, okay? So Cahil is a, a jazz musician. Well, he's a musician and uh, a lot more than that. He's an author, clothing designer, and has been representing and I think embodying Chicago in many ways for, for many decades. And, uh, and I... I I believe you were Chicagoan of the year at some point. In if I remember correctly, six in two thousand six. Two thousand six, yeah. And uh, and I, I was thinking, you know, I could go down the list of people you played with, but it would probably be faster for me to say who you haven't played with, uh-huh. <laughs> or who hasn't played with you, you know. So, but one of the one of the things that that I am I'm so drawn to your energy about Cahill is you are a man who leaves nothing on the table. You bring it all. Uh, that's uh. my, that, that's my impression. And, um, and so welcome. Oh man. Good to see you. Good to be with you, Marcel. Yeah. You know, as they yeah. say, and so, and, and yeah, the beat goes on. Mm-hmm. So I thought I thought we could start by talking about uh, culture and anger, because I think we have some real issues here in this country with with anger, and um, so I and here's here's my my take of it is, you know, uh, Cahill, there was a documentary made of you called "Be Known," okay, right, and uh, and um, th- there's a, there's there's some interesting scenes in there where where. Uh, you get frustrated, okay? Right. And I remember seeing you. I remember seeing you at a at a show in Evanston or or somewhere, and 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 um, you there was some sound issues, and and I, I watched you. I watched you being a leader and taking care of that. And there was some. It wasn't like you weren't like being super nice about the way you're taking care of it. I remember at the time thinking like, oh man, you know, come on, just be chill, be cool, you know. Yeah, but and I've been thinking about that recently because I've been thinking about my relationship to anger and how much of my perspective is influenced by this kind of these white guy glasses that I have on, okay, and how nobody should get angry ever, right? You know, and um, I don't know what is that what is that bringing up for you as we as as as, as we sit in this kind of this cultural um, intense time. Well, I mean, you know. We are aware that in nature there are various emotional expressions. You know, all the animals have moments of their tranquil behavior. They have moments of fear. Mm -hmm. They have moments, even the most peaceful animals have moments of aggression. But it is usually in balance with the harmony of nature. 
um, our society has had a proclivity of violence historically because violence was a part of the idea of acquiring for success. So the issues of war are one opinion to the other and the aggression and discipline of your military to achieve your win in hunting or gathering, so to speak, there is an aggression as the superior being on the planet, on this planet. And so these things have certain emotions, but when you have had a proclivity of expressing your dominance or strength, there is an exaggerated idea of that anger. Um, also in terms of the reaction of those who have experienced that dominant aggressive energy, the protection of the other uh, so-called human beings have had to have anger in order to defend their right to be against the oppression of the dominant society. That's mm -hmm. very different than, than my personal uh, anger um, you know, when I was younger, I would say I was uh, more of an angry person because I was learning to deal with the intensity of my emotions and how to place them yeah. in the most constructive way of being. But I am not ashamed of that growth. Uh, one of the things that happened for me, Marcel, was when I had uh, the majority of my children, I realized that I didn't want them to emulate certain aspects of my personality that I didn't consider were the mm -hmm. uh, most evolved yeah. parts of Cahill. So I mm -hmm. had to redirect certain emotions uh, in a more constructive consciousness so that I would be a better example of handling my emotions. Uh, but I'm yeah. still a person that is very direct and very honest. And so there are many phases and stages of my expressions. And so sometimes there are people that get uncomfortable with certain areas of my intensity that are not associated mm -hmm. with what they think my persona should be. But um, I'm much more realistic and pragmatic than trying to be hypothetically hypnotic. Yeah. Or status quo. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, and I'm, I'm a bit of an anomaly because, you know, I, I present as white, but my father is from Peru, you know, and I've always okay. had a complex with it because, you know, I, I looked around my family and on one side I saw, you know, a bunch of Anglos and the other side, which I was closer with were, were folks who were, uh, you know, Peruvian, Italian, Mexican. And, and so I've right. been thinking about these things for a long time. And, and one of the things I'm just coming to, to, to terms with though, is how being of the majority culture kind of influences how I see everything. You know, I mean, I think that the way that I experience things is how, how a lot, everybody experiences things, you know? Right. And right. so, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, if there's been certain aggressive behaviors that are negative in terms of how they affect others, then at some point we have to come to realize that that behavior is somewhat psychotic and we have not addressed <laughs> yeah. that in the society. The idea 
to have to be the dominant to the point of erratic aggression is actually not healthy. Mm -hmm. And so once we address that in a clear perspective, then we'll learn how to deal with it. So, you know, if in terms of the African-American experience, um, people in the African diaspora in the Americas, the kind of abuse that happened over centuries, hundreds and hundreds of years, it has to be addressed in a spirit of apology in order for the dominant class to be able to confront the psychotic aspect under the so-called excuse of capital gain. Capitalism says that I can be immoral in order that I can achieve my individual and collective success. That's not a healthy way of thinking, even though we've admired that and said that's what leadership is about. And if we didn't do these things this way, we wouldn't have had the advances in modernity. That's an opinion. The modernity was going to happen because through time, things will go on and things will grow. So they don't only have to happen through negative, aggressive, somewhat parasitical behavior to achieve that and Mm -hmm. then to intimidate others to accept that that was an okay protocol. It was never okay. And everyone has to get to a spirit of apology and acknowledgement in order to evolve Mm -hmm. to a more refined and uh, enlightened consciousness. Yeah, I don't think I don't think amnesia is the uh, the cure. No. Yeah. But there is a That's cure. There so, is always hope. Yeah. And and so I want to touch on on your process of of finding your voice in in the in the art that you create because um I hear I hear a lot of ancient roots in your, in your, in your voice. And I'm just wondering if you could talk about, about that. Um, I think the organization uh, that I've been part of for many years, the AACM, the association for the advancement of creative musicians, uh, Malachi favors, the great bassist that passed had Mm -hmm. a saying ancient to the future a power stronger than itself. Um, I believe that your practices of opening your consciousness moves beyond the so-called logical perceptions of time and that we exist in an innumerable uh, uh, state of what we associate with time. And when you allow yourself to trust in the inherent intuitive sense of being, it allows you to connect with what appears to be ancient and also what appears to be coming from places that we may not have yet seen, but we know are there. And um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to find the way that I could be still and be in motion simultaneously. And I think that practice has allowed me to translate that into what I do as a musician or as an artist. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it feels so genuine to, to hear and, uh, and witness. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm inspired by that because it's, it's really like, it's just that no, not, you know, not holding back, put it out there. Why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But also you have to, you know, you have to work, you know, at it. It's just like, you know, on a daily mm-hmm. basis, you know, I spend two hours on each instrument. So like with the, hmm. uh, the trap set, it's one hour of dynamics, mm-hmm. technique, paradiddles, you know, all the basic kinds of things. And then it's an hour mm-hmm. of Im- improvising. So that when I'm attempting to be free, my language is based in the technical arc- articulation uh, of the instrument. So hand drums, one hour of basic drills, one hour of improvisation, um, mm-hmm. kalimba, one hour of just working, going up and down keys, playing you mm-hmm. know, on scales, and then the other hour is improvising, you know, being more in song form and intuitive. Uh, so once I go through all the instruments, it's six to eight hours a day. So mm-hmm. when I'm then having concerts and it seems as though um, I'm spontaneous and responding in the moment is because of the comfort I have in the rendering of time to allow myself the moment to be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm hearing and sensing that there is a lot of, um, that, 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 that is like a lot of self-care and self-love in that, those practice hours like that, that feeds you. Yeah. It, 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 um, it translates for me, uh, a patience to accept imagination uh, without ownership. Uh, uh-huh. Because, you know, freedom is something where you're not holding actually anything. Uh, mm. So practicing is the form and structure and all of that. And then the performance is the accepting any possibility, shape, form, way of expression, emotion, and um, trusting to be in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. We got it. We got a lot. We got to get a lot of bullshit out of the way to be there, right? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I, um, I, I love that. And so, so what, do you say then to the listener, the average person who isn't, isn't, you know, um, spending that kind of time in creativity? What do you think people can do to, to touch these places that you're, you're, you're getting at? Well, you know, I mean, I have been very fortunate that a lot of people around the world have told me that in that moment when we were uh, trying to give and express something pure that they felt it and mm-hmm. that they connected with it. And so I, that makes me very thankful that uh, my yeah. mission, my mission has use 
But one of the things that sometimes is hard in our day-to-day life because we are focusing on so many didactic kinds of things, even our use of the computers on a daily basis and how languages Mm -hmm. uh, translated there and images, it's all very didactic. So Mm -hmm. when you're in a moment when you're trying to receive abstract consciousness, you have to that, 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 that isn't that, that there are no words is what I'm hearing. You yeah, say. not like exactly. there's no language there. Yeah, you have yeah. to you have to you have to you have to realize that the art can't really come to you. You have to come to it. The mm. artists can have um, <laughs> a gift of creating the comfortable bridge. But when one receives something, it's because they went to it. It's not really because it came to mm-hmm. them. And yes. so that's what I would say for, you know, folks wow. checking out visual art, music, dance, yeah. or whatever. Wow. The art isn't going to come to you. You got to go to the art. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless you're one of Cahill's kids and then... The art there every day. <laughs> well, <laughs> let let them tell it. You know, they're like, you know, I, I like, you know, I I like the fact that that none of my kids take me that serious. You know, um, mm-hmm. mm. you know, mm. I, I'm experiencing yes. now because you know they are all uh, young adults. It's very interesting yeah. when they say, uh, "Yo, pops, you know, my friend is into your thing." And I just go, well, that's mm-hmm. great. You know, that's, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I'm, I'm one of the things that, that I'm finding in a lot of my um, mm. heroes and, and they're not all, you know, on your level, people just ever, ever, everyday general people uh, who, and they're heroes because of how they're living their life. I'm, I, I see that um, for the most part, folks, these folks are, are doing something in creativity. They're living in creativity somehow. Mm-hmm. And to me, part of that is the wordless, you know, the, cause our brain is just language, 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 words, words, words. And, and jazz in particular is, is for the most part wordless. Yeah. Well, you know, our, our, our brains are frequencies and cells, you know, the physical part of our brain are the cells and the metaphysical transmission of energy is frequency and so uh we in uh generalized society have used language i think well in order to have a uh, a direct conscious communication which creates a balance of exchange but what happens is that Without the rituals of creative engagement, we get caught up in the didactic element of communication and we fail to Mm -hmm. understand the value of the nonverbal communications of a higher consciousness to get beyond the words. And even when you have great writers, uh, novelists, poets, um, various literary artists, they use language for the transi- transi- transition of energy expression. Mm-hmm. 
So um, part of higher consciousness is about the transition of your frequency understanding. And so when you have color and the use of form with color in art, and when you have sound and the organized, you know, metronomic, melodic, harmonic elements, it takes us into uh, the cerebral ecstasy of expression. And so creative, uh, creative journeys are part of the stimulus for the evolving of our being. And artists are very fortunate because they can get out of the linear aspects of left brain formation and get much more into the cognitive intuitive, which is in right brain expression, which is, mm -hmm. you know, the, mm -hmm. the creative uh, realm of the brain. Um, we're looking at life right now where we're inundated with so much information. Uh, we're intuitively leaning more toward the nonlinear perceptions because all the linear is filled up like a chess game. Every space is filled <laughs> up. And so when you're in the nonlinear space, it's where you have realms of movement that are contrived within the traditional numerical relationship of coexistence. Uh, we're, and we're moving much more toward right brain kind of consciousness. You know, we've done the analyticism and the so-called immersion of logic. And now we're emerging mm -hmm. into the trust consciousness in order to find answers that can take us beyond the predictable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really what this is about here. And that's why it's called honorable evolution because, because we as a species, we were kind of going along fine for a while. And then in the last, I mean, especially since we've industrialized, we just have kind of gone off the charts here, you know? And, and so what, what is, what can we, what can we look back at it as things we need to return to and what of what we're doing now needs to go. Okay. And, and I love what you just said, cause it's really getting at, it's really touching. It feels like your fingers on the pulse of, of where we're at. Well, you know, um, going back to this point about the ancient, not looking at it as a redundant, uh, memory, but more about a constant, a constant state of consciousness that re-emerges our ability to be fresh, to be in the yeah. moment, to connect to the organic systemic relationships of what has always been the higher human awareness. So dealing with what are first earth foods. Most people are not aware of what first earth, first earth foods are because we have been actually dealing with centuries of GMO. So we don't know how mm -hmm. to reinforce our immune yeah. systems. We're going through issues mm -hmm. with the crises of uh, health turmoils with the corona uh, but yet mm -hmm. this society has not really put together a well-constructed administrative communication of access to information for immune system empowering. What are first yeah. earth foods? 
What are sounds that are part of nature that are not digital? Uh, what are the, you know, expressions of light, the forces of uh, vibration that reinforce our organic evolution as human beings, as soul spirits? Um, we are now yearning to participate in what can re-inform and reaffirm mm -hmm. our essence, our vehicle, this temple, and translate it with our spherical, our spirit force, and then hopefully trust that we respond to an epiphany of refined human evolution that then in turn creates harmony, takes us out of chaos, and brings a loving yeah. space of coexistence. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And if you if you just heard that and that hit spots and maybe it hit spots that you you know needed to be hit and you want to hear more of that in a in a in a distilled way, go listen to Kahil's song One World Family. Cuz you hear that. You hear oh. that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. So as we kind of wind down here, I want to, I got a question around a few questions I want to get at in terms of the music of jazz, the great North American art form that is jazz. One of the things that really draws me to jazz as I kind of reflect on it is how it is a reflection of the moment. It's, it's it, my favorite kind of jazz is live jazz and most live jazz that I listen to, like, you know, during the day, if I listen to something, is live because I want to. I want it to be captured. I want to feel that. Yeah. Right. And um, and also because there's it, the nonverbal aspects of it. I think I've I've been I've been in a battle with words for my whole life, and I don't have to do it with jazz. Jazz is just sounds, and and so, you know, what do you say to somebody? Because you know, I remember I had a friend when I was doing a radio show before who used to call up and and uh, he'd say, "Hey, are they done tuning up yet?" <laughs> You know, right. what do you say to those people? How do you, where, where do you, where do you, what do you say to somebody who's like kind of interested in jazz, but it's like, it doesn't, it, 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 you know, it bothers them to hear. Right. Well, I mean, if they express that they have an interest, but there are things that they don't necessarily uh, connect with, um, then there's a discussion about what those things are. If you don't connect with it, where you consider you're, there's dissonance or, you don't understand the melodic mm -hmm. progression or you don't know where this energy or emotions coming from that you want to um, connect with. And it's like yeah. anything of meeting another human being, unless you trust, there will never be a genuine connection there. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people have to realize that the committed uh improvising musician. Uh, the committed ones have spent years in study and have tried to be patient, uh, loving yeah. in themselves, loving in the people that they work with, uh, cooperative, um, uh, have been internal in terms of sensitive, have been uh, receptive to connecting with others because when you're performing, you have to be receptive to those you play with. Well, these are all great human yeah. qualities that you can trust in, even if you don't understand the inexpression of that artist, 
the human content yeah. of their journey should allow you a trust to get to the connection of the communication that the artist is intending to express. Uh, and most of the time, we get locked into the opinions of what we think we know and what we like, mm -hmm. and therefore are not willing to take a risk in that that we may not understand. And so if you don't, you never change. You stay in the same place of habits. And uh, when we look at a blade of grass coming through concrete, it can only come through that concrete because of its flexibility. If it was stubborn, yes. it wouldn't find the mm -hmm. space of no space in order to achieve evolution. And so the mm -hmm. art is a part of our human evolution, no matter how strange it may seem at times. And um, yeah. I know for myself personally, um, I like being young in spirit. I'm, you know, 67 yes. years old, but in terms of my enthusiasm and excitement for new possibilities, I'm always willing to learn and to be in vulnerable situations that will inspire growth. Um, yeah. And if there's an antidote that I would share with anyone in regards of being fresh, if that's important to them, they have to allow themselves the vulnerability of what's not known rather than being comfortable with what everything they think they already know. Okay. Beautiful. And um, so we're going to keep going. The video is going to stop here in a second, but we'll keep talking because we can hear each other if that's okay. Okay. Um, so, um, but just, just to briefly here wrap up, uh, you know, on that note, I, I would, I was thinking about this. I would really like to see more jazz clubs with less chairs. Well, that's going to yeah. happen based Let's move. on, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's going to happen in this next cycle anyway, when these places open up, there'll be less mm -hmm. chairs, mm -hmm. but I, I, I yeah. you know, there's a, there's a thing going on called the spiritual jazz movement in London. Mm. And Marcel, okay. there are hundreds of young people moving to this music um, as we really? have, yeah, traditionally sat down and okay. listened. So that feeling is in the air that people want to move their bodies in a yes. harmonious way of uh, individual and collective expression inspired by the mm -hmm. music. So I think that's coming yeah. and that... And that's healthy. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna put a. I'm gonna look that up, and and I'll put a link to whatever I can find um, in the description yeah. of this in this show. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, so, I, um, lastly, you know, um, as I, I listen to live music, live jazz, I've actually just started uh, this year to play uh, tenor, and uh, and that's been a oh, just great. A, such a beautiful experience. Yeah. And uh, but as I listen to these shows, you know, I you know I hear I hear a song, and I might have heard the song you know a hundred times, and. Um, and then I, and I started recently thinking about what, what's up with this applause, you know, like this, this guy just like, or gal, whoever just, just absolutely annihilated everything <laughs> and, and people right. are there kind of, you know, and I was thinking, <laughs> 
I was thinking one of what one of our greatest contributions to jazz as white folks has been the golf clap. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, you know, we're 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 in uh, this moment where consciousness is evolving in a collective space as fast or even faster rate than nanotechnology. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because nano is supposed to be at the speed of light. Our consciousness is yeah. beyond that speed. Yeah. And so, Especially with how interconnected we are. Yeah, so we have to trust in our feelings that are bringing us to expressions that appear to be ancient in sense of ritual and realize yeah. that we are aware of this higher capacity of individual and collective expression that is healing, mm-hmm. that is engaging mm-hmm. in connectivity and love um, and that we can transmit with one another a healing force in this time. Yes. And the art is just a tool and bridge to that greater opportunity that we're all feeling that we need right now. I love it. I love it. And, uh, and I think that that is as beautiful a place as we can uh, be to, to stop Cahill. Uh, I really, really am so honored and grateful for your time and all the work that you do. Those six hours a day, those eight hours a day, man, those, those pay off. You're, you're touching a lot. I don't know about a lot of people, but me uh, is, uh, is, is uh, very grateful over here. Thank you. Oh, great to hear you. Great to be with you. And, and, and good luck with this. This is a great idea. I'd like to see where this is um, going. Um, you know, I would want to put together a network of, uh, say, oracles, so to speak, like, um, yeah. you know, looking at the Greek definition of the affirmation of a higher thought. And so while this collective mm-hmm. consciousness is here, just as there's been the evolution of social networks, I think we, folks like us, and our heart and mind are part of a culture network, and that is global. And yeah. that, you know, these kinds of sharing, we need to put a deliberate space, a on-ramp, if you will, and build on this energy in a systemic, organized way. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Right, thank thank you. you for having me. Mm-hmm. Wow. I am so, so grateful for Cahill to honor me in this this project that I'm putting together by, by spending his valuable time and sharing his, his wisdom with me. I hope that you enjoyed it. I've got some things I want to say, uh, and maybe this will be kind of a regular segment to wrap up these, these talks, um, working to kind of distill what I heard into my own, into my own words. And I want to read something here that was partly inspired by our discussion. Who is they? They be you? They be me? In this age of digital rage, the proverbial they, just keep making proclamations. While we 
especially white folks, keep hoping that they will make some form of real reparations. Because I didn't do it. Is probably what they be thinking too. It's a pity that our inheritance of wealth blinds us to our debts. Debts that our limited liability incorporated leaders of today and yesteryear keep accrediting to the last guy, ad infinitum. So I pledge to stop waiting for a hero. I'm thinking that I can do more than bring the enthusiasm of a golf clap to what is not a spectator sport. That old man river carries life. Those that came before have given their stem cells to its flow. Lest us not forget the sorrow, tears, and blood that this old man carries, from which we all drink. Now, assume a man inherits a large sum of wealth. This will affect his children's children and their children. Now, assume that a man inherits sorrow, tears, and blood, or put another way, unhealed scars from the lashes of a whip. What impact will this have on his children's children? Now, imagine you. Do you look more like the whipper or the whipped? Will you spare some of your power so that all of our children's children and their children can be proud of their inheritance and you proud of your living will? Cahil said that you gotta go to the art. It's not gonna come looking for you. Well, this debt is the same. The karmic weight will come looking for our children. What if we squared up on our grandfather's debts? It seems only fair, since we gladly accepted his golden watch. <clears throat> so, I'm going to put together a playlist, a kind of primer of Cahill's music. And uh, I want to say this, Cahill is a magician. He has the ability to create sounds and music that connects me with my inner groan and grunt. And uh, to explain what I mean by that, think about our species. Our species has been on this planet for a really, really long time. And before we were looking like this, we were looking like a different species, okay? And the majority of the time that, that we have been breathing and walking on this earth, we have not had language. We have not had the ability to talk to each other with words. Okay? We communicate in other ways, more rudimentary. Okay? So I want you to consider that, and when you, when, I want you to hear and feel for those groans and grunts and let yourself connect to that if this music speaks to you. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a few tracks in a playlist. I'm gonna start on YouTube and then I'll put some if I can figure out how to do that on iTunes and Spotify. I'll do that as well. But if you like it, go buy it. Okay, support art, support musicians. Go to Delmark. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll ask Cahill uh, where where it's the best place to purchase his his music, and I'll put a link to that when I hear back from him. And oh, okay. So One World Family. I'm gonna put a new version that he's got with uh, the amazing David Murray who's played from with everybody from the Grateful Dead to 
Cahill, okay? And so, uh, what else? Um, uh, also going to put some tracks from this live at the Rivers East that I mentioned in the interview, which uh, is just precious. It's so precious. And so I'm going to put this track, Oof, O-O-F. I'm also going to put the track Be Exciting, which is Cahill talking for a few minutes about being exciting damn it and 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 also it's a it's a beautiful introduction to this song oof oof okay and and what i want to say about oof is i've spent a lot of time with this song over the years and what i hear is the sound of the first flower opening ever on this planet i'm talking about pangea okay kahil is a magician lastly when you listen it's not just music you hear it. In the words of the wise disco poet Gahari B, also from Chicago, it's the soul's search for another manifestation to form when the flesh has failed to find freedom in a world of restriction. In a bland, bland world of restriction. Be excited, people. <laughs> <laughs> 